Welcome to track number six of Gates and Roads. Joseph, I don't know your real purpose here, so I'll see you after church. Okay. Then, um, Aquila, you are standing up. Okay. You can sit down. Uh, Jokumi, where are we going to put Jokumi? Can you go? Um, you see, I'm not talking about in the by and by of sweetness. I'm talking about now. You can? Okay, joke with me. You, you need somebody to go with you. Because we need to send them out two by two, not one by one. And to, to be better. I want you people to be in twos. Okay? Nobody should be alone. Jojo Taylor, who are you with? Uh, Kobe Taylor, you are, you are alone. Are you from New Jersey or New York? Virginia. And you are from where? New York. Okay. Nabia, where do you want to go to? It doesn't matter. Anywhere. Okay. Write down Nabia's name. Steve and Amma, are ready to relocate? Okay. Write down their names. We can also find somewhere for them to go. Amen. Who is also saying I won't go? <laughs> Very good. Now, Pastor Joel is going to have that list there, and we are going to finalize the selection after uh, church. So we are moving down south. I believe Pastor Joel is going down to Atlanta area, and then um, we are going to carry on from there. Amen. Now we are going to do it gradually and then we move out. Amen. So I want us to really do I, I feel a certain fire is coming Amen. into the American churches. Are you, are you ready to be pastors of big churches and to be wild, wild pastors and people wondering what you are doing? You see, when you do the work of God, at the point people will say that you have stolen the church money because you are so prosperous. It's, it's, it's typical. They would, they would think that the church you are doing, the reason is. I mean, it's, it's standard accusation, standard formula. It will just come. Expect it. When you, you are doing, you do the work of God. Look as though you don't work in any secular field. People who have the thing that it's money or some other reason is guiding you to do what you are doing. But you know that you are serving the Lord. Amen. So we are spreading out. And we are going to work and give ourselves to the work. Hmm? Now... Rachel and Michael, stand. How is the church in Silver Springs? Are you happy with the church? Rachel. Amen. Pastor Joel, what do you think? 
He hasn't visited you in a long time. So you are hurt. So he cannot know. He doesn't know. They say you don't know much about the church. <laughs> Very good. Amen. Well, uh, those who did not hear where exactly you are going to, those will kindly stay behind after for a short meeting. But um, we are moving on. I said we are moving on. And we are going to frighten the devil out of this place. Are you excited about that? Amen. We are going to go higher in God, higher in the ministry. I tell you, this is the time for, you see, God has been preparing. It's like when you came, you were down like this. Most of you under chains like this. You get it? But now the Lord is raising you up. So it's like the chains are, 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 are going to come up. And now it's like to stick the thing off. And it's like you're still being in the land, but you're shaking off the power of the chains that are all around the people who live here and who work here. I tell you, and be free, really genuinely free. I said, because you see, God cares about you. God, God wants you to have a quality of life. He wants you to be able to go on vacation with your family. And it's like you are not doing it. There's no reason. You are just on vacation. For 22 years you've gone to school. Can you? Vacation. You understand vacation? Vacation. Leave. You call it here, leave. Yeah. 22 years. Why is paid? How many years have you gone to law school? Law school in Ghana was how many years? Five years. And then here was how many years? Three years. And the one you just did is how many years? All together, three years. Moving around like a student. And moving, 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 moving. You are getting older. You are getting to 40. There is a blessing for his servant. I promise you that blessing. Not for my, I don't have anything to give, but from the Lord's blessing for you. Yeah, hear his wisdom. And hear his wisdom in totality. So that you can rise and be really blessed with the land. Amen. What a, what a, what a, what a pain it is. You know, to come and not see what you wanted to see. Or to come and see what you wanted to see, but then it turns into something else. The rod turns into a snake. And then it's not as you thought it would be. But the Lord is going to do it. I believe it. I believe it. Genuine liberty. Genuine liberty. God is not just concerned about his kingdom working. He's concerned about your life. And as you serve him, the problems you should have are not the problems of your personal, what do you call it, but the problems of the souls and the works and the, the care of the church. That is it. God is, God is, God is shifting you out. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Do you believe what I'm saying? Do you, do you believe in such things? Receive the word, so because I say there are real prophetic words for you to be free in this time. Yeah. There are real prophetic words to be free. Yeah. To be free forever. Genuinely and stay free. Because you have had enough wisdom. First, you didn't believe the wisdom. Some of you, when I used to 
she says certain things about mortgage, you look at me with about seven eyes. You look at things about you are seeing the pepper yourself. You are seeing the thing direct, real. It's not as you thought it was. Our God is setting you free. To be rich, to be prosperous, to live for him above all. That is the real, that is the only reason why God wants you to be free. Because when you are tied to something, and when God says, go, you, 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 the only question you can ask, Lord, how shall I go? How? How? Yeah. How? How can I move? How is it done, Lord? I hear you, but show me how. But God is giving you more. I see certain apartments, God is widening your space. You know, some of you, you can't go from here to here, now you see yourself. God is expanding your living quarters. In Jesus' name. Do you believe in such things? Do you like such things? Do you want such things? Yeah. He's giving it to you. I said he's giving it to you. I said he's giving it to you. He is expanding your living quarters. Some of you, your whole of your apartment today will be the size of your bedroom tomorrow. In Jesus' name. Yeah. The whole of your... Where the space that you move from here to here, toilet from here to here, kitchen from here to here, this from here to there, all of that is your bedroom in the in the days to come. Do you believe in such things? Do you want such things? Receive it in Jesus' name. Say I receive it. Say I believe it. Say I like it. I want it. I have it. In Jesus' name. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, thank you that we have faith to obey and to follow and to follow on in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. God bless you. Um, we will have dinner. What, what time is dinner over? I don't even like the car. I don't I stop using it. I don't use it anymore. I, I look at it. I just feel like this whole, I mean, what is this? You know, I just have that feeling. You know, it's like it's a respectable thing. Respect for of who? For what? More community. And the community, I mean, there are usually less than 10 people in all whom you are living for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are 10 people, about 10 people in your distant community life for whom you are performing. You are like a perfect performing for those people. Some of them, your family, your this, this person, that person, some friends you used to know, who you may ask, where is this person, what does he do, where is he, what does he say, did he come, there are some people who, it's like, if those people know about it and they know that you are doing well, then that is who you are working for. Hey. May we be delivered from that group of ten. <laughs> Who we want to tell, I have this. You look at what I have. I have you. Do you have what I have? Yeah. That is really what we are doing. Really. Think about the things that we valued when we were younger. When we were in school, people would take somebody's father's car and come and drive around. In those days, those were things to be valued because the ten group of ten 
of those days. <laughs> With some foolish boys and girls, you get it, in, in the house, whatever, of your boarding school. And that group of ten were all the people who actually you were performing for. I lie or I know lie. And when you move to a new D10, group of 10, you start to perform for that group of 10. If you become a pastor like me, you get it, you have a group of 10, bishop this, bishop that, but bishop this, pastor this, the one of this, the one of this. You are actually working for them to see whether they also like you. You like me, you approve of me. Am I this and that? Yeah. Am I called? Have you seen that I've made it? I see you against me, but I've made it. <laughs> you said I wouldn't, I, I've done it. Yeah. That's why I stopped sending. I stopped sending. I felt when I write a book, I remember the first books I wrote, you know, I, I launched them. I invited all these bishops and pastors, and they came. Then after that, when I wrote a book, I would send a copy to this person, a copy to this person, a copy to this person. When it got to a point, I said, mm, I, 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 are they my marking scheme? Are, are they the ones approving of me in God, in the ministry? Am I writing these things for them? When that thing went off me, then I became freer. I write, I've written so many books. I never send any to anybody. I don't care whether they ever see or they have ever seen. It doesn't mean anything. I'm writing for them. Look, I've been in Swaziland. I've been in Zimbabwe. I've been, people have held my books and testified. I was holding your book and I was reading names and claiming. Demons were coming out of me. I was screaming and demons were coming. I was holding names, claiming and taking. Zimbabweans. Demons. I said, Pierre, I've met people. Said, Look, we had your book in Kenya. We had your book here. We had your book here. Demons casting out the, the testimony is even on the tip. Those are the people I'm writing the books for, not for the group of ten, the G10. I'm free from the G10. The G10 of my G10. You want you also have your G10. <laughs> yeah. I'm 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 yeah. <laughs> this is still. <laughs> you see, I have a child. You like my child. You ask my daughter, you see my child goes to this school, my child is like this, my child is like that. There's a G10, there's a G15. And, and so when you are free from that, your decisions are different. You, you shift roads. You, you, you move off that gate and you are on another road altogether. And when you start to take decisions based on those things, your whole life, your fruitfulness, your level, and then God is free to bless you because you have a good heart. And until then, your heart is not good, but you don't know that I receive not honor from men. I receive not the testimony of man. And I don't, I don't receive, I don't want, I don't like it. It's not necessary. The testimony that man will testify, oh, you are good. Oh, he is that testimony, he testifies. I testify that she's good, she's that, she's this, she's this, she's that. Wow. This time when I went, you know, I preached in the in incarnation. I preached about uh, proton for four days, you know. And as I was coming and I was 
and you know, propose one as a point, it's a quite a hard message. You know, so I was praying, I said, oh God, oh God, didn't you have a nicer message? It's something that will make the people happy and make the people like me. See, I'm about to turn right to, or left. <laughs> I'm about to move to another place. Yeah, just about to turn off. What is what are these hard things? First, you know, proton. It talks about first. He first the kingdom of God. First, put aside whatever. Go and you know do this. There's so many difficult things in it. We have come to these poor people, and why am I coming to preach the best? Nothing kind of thing, you know. And I'm about to turn. But I preached it, and God blessed. In fact, when I came to the next city, which was just part of a very large church that was in Ascension, you know, I didn't know that he was even there. In fact, I didn't know that that person was at that meeting, but I thought he didn't come, because I heard that this person was very big church. He will not be at this conference. But not knowing that he was there, he was listening to me, preaching. So I didn't lay hands on him. When I, there was a point where the anointing was going, I said, oh, pastor should come. In fact, there was a point when I was there, I thought, oh, people who are fornicating should come now. They're about to die, and they rush forward all around. <laughs> I tell you, it wasn't easy. It was a very strong anointing there that night. And then pastors, I prayed for. So when I was going, I was saying, Lord, this pastor who is coming to bed, not knowing that was taking his care, he said, oh, I should preach about proton. I said, proton, where have you heard of proton from? He said, oh, proton. I, I didn't take it seriously. Then later I asked him what they said. Oh, we were there. We were there throughout. We stayed in the same hotel with you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I said, preach proton. And he said, he said, proton is good, but whatever you have from the Lord. I mean, I didn't preach about proton, but you see, you are about to turn off a good road to impress people and to make people happy and to finish your whole life. And then the end of that way is not good. May God help us off the road of the honor of men. Oh, may our lives, our furniture, eh? our glasses, you know, all these kind of glasses which are for special visitors. Yes, don't have it in my house. I am the most special visitor in my house. All special glasses are used on me. Special plates, special whatever. I am the special person, special guest, first. No visitor. You know, we have all these you fry special chicken for the bar. The man in the house, he doesn't eat that chicken. <laughs> the man in the house doesn't eat it, but it's like a <laughs> if there's a visitor, you see all kinds of performances. You know, to show this or this first cause. That's what I'm looking at. Hey, are these, are these the possibilities in this house? <laughs> hey! Are these courses and with a lot of nice smiles and just hey, I think she's singing, you know. <laughs> All to make somebody else happy and to impress people. But a private one in the house. Hmm. It's like look, the thing is heat it, heat the heat the food and then dish yourself. And when our 
when our self comes, the natural baseline behavior moves out to manifest. It's not easy in the house. Help us, Jesus. The next thing that you notice, the next um, thing that it opens you up to the honor of man is the inability to sacrifice. When you are following the honor of men, you become unable to actually sacrifice for the Lord. Amen. Because how can you believe, how can you have faith to offer a sacrifice when you are receiving honor one of another? Because the sacrifice, you get it, when you are doing it, you always look foolish in the eyes of men. One of the things about sacrifice is you're looking stupid in the eyes of men. And one of the things about that is we really don't like to look stupid. That is why we can't learn new languages. Because for, the, for somebody to just laugh a little or say, ah, or something, it's something we don't want at all. You know, we really want to look good. You know, and Hebrews 11 verse 3 says, Through faith, we understand that the world was framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By the four. For by faith Abel offered unto God a more what excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. Amen. Is that not so? Now how was he able to offer a better sacrifice? Because of what he believed. You get it? Now, his sacrifice was not better because it was more or less, but because it was being done because of his belief. Amen. So you may give a $1,000 because of what you believe. You may give a $100 because of what you believe. You may give $5 because of what you believe. And that is an excellent sacrifice. But you may give a $100 and... You are doing it because, look, if I don't do it, it's like it's some way. Let me just do it. You get it? That is different. And you are not able to get your blessing because you did it out of... That's not what I, I, I had some money. I took my tithes. I took my offering. After the Lord told me, I don't like your offering. I don't like your offering because the offering you were giving it in annoyance. You know? Easy. Have you not read the Bible? It says, I will not accept your offering. It's not read it in your Bible. There's some offerings that are not. It says that if it is done like this, it is accepted. There are offerings that are not accepted. Mercy for me, Lord. Yeah. You are able to sacrifice your life when you are looking for God. Our little pastor in Cameroon, he was living in London. I, I, are you ready, sir? I'm ready. I'll go anywhere. And I said, okay, go to Cameroon. Yaoundé. Is anybody here from Cameroon? You don't know where Cameroon is. I don't know where Cameroon is. And I don't know how to get to Cameroon. So there's no flight from anywhere in West Africa to get to Cameroon. You have to come even from London. Yeah. He left. 
And he's there now. He's living there. You, you are able to do such things when, but when you are working for God, working for God, and you are not looking at the honor of man. I can put down my medical practice and it's nothing. And it's amazing that the things that you think you are losing, it comes back to you. Because I am so surprised at the amount of respect I have from medical colleagues and people, you know, all over in Kolebu and other places. I, I'm, I'm genuinely surprised, you know. I mean, genuinely, genuinely. I'm surprised. Yeah. I didn't think anybody respected me because I, I what I was doing at Sofas and Hotel is not respectable, medically speaking. But if you follow the honor of men, you can never make the real sacrifices. Now let me tell you something. Everybody, listen up. This is a place you mustn't miss because it is a key point of miss, of miss for almost all of us. I myself have thought understood it and I've been praying for revelation on it. But I think I should still share it with you. And that is, everybody here has a particular sacrifice that he or she must make in his life and of his life. And until you make that sacrifice, you never really amount to much in God. I'll say it again. I say everybody has a sacrifice that he or she is supposed to make for God to God of his life. Why do I say that? Is it in the Bible? Yes, Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. That means that similarly as I am taking my life to end it for God, you also take your life and put it down for me. Yeah, similarly. You get it? So it looks like there is also a road to Calvary for all of us. Now, it is very important for you and I to find it and when we find it we become what God has called us to be now I want you to notice something when God called Paul the Apostle Paul I have always wondered about this this calling in Acts chapter 9 are you there are you there okay now, in Acts chapter 9, Paul had been arrested by the Lord, isn't it? And in verse 10, And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, I'm here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. Notice, notice, are you there? You are there, verse 12. And he had seen in the vision a man named Ananias coming and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight, verse 13. Then Ananias said, Lord, I have heard by many things of this man how much evil he has done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call upon thy name. But the Lord said unto him in verse 15, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Verse 16. 
and I want you to settle verse 15. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. I don't know whether you are ready for that. I will show Amma. Amma, stand up. I will show Amma. You see, you've often read this verse and you've assigned it to Paul. And it doesn't concern you. Like Paul was a very bad man. You were worse than Paul, if you don't know. And your salvation is just as valid as Paul's salvation. And your chances are just as good as Paul is not Jesus. Paul is not Jesus at all. You know, and, and if you don't take it, the charismatic world can make Paul into something like Virgin Mary has been made by the, the Catholic Church. Yeah. Paul is not Christ. In fact, so if you read the final question, you see that when Rejoiner met Paul, Paul redirected Rejoiner to the works of Jesus Christ. And that he was, he was trying to say that, don't, it's, I thank God for using my letters, but that is not the main thing. The main thing is what our Lord Jesus said. That is one of the, that's why you notice my, my, my preaching and my, what do you call it, has shifted to what Jesus said. Yeah, to the words of Jesus and to things that Jesus said. It has brought my co a collection or, or my focus of what I read, what I believe. And I'm, I can see my whole life is changing. And even what I'm preaching, you know, I see this, I receive not honor from men. Oh, it's not a tape I've listened to. I'm preaching as what I have seen from reading John 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, now, all the book of John. Now my quiet time having Matthew. From there, I'll probably go to Luke. I want to see what Jesus said. Who oh, yeah? Amen. Amen. And in fact, when you see what Jesus said, you realize that your life begins to be corrected very, very much. So Paul is not Jesus. Neither is Mary Jesus. And none of these people must be treated as Jesus. Is treated when you, whenever you have people who are not the same and you treat them the same, you are bringing down the higher person to a certain low level. Yeah, when people are not the same, when people can give you a pass, okay, one for you, one for you, one for you. All three of you have here's a pen, here's a pen, here's a pen. Okay, yours is blue, white, white. You get it? That is what you are doing. That's what you are, you are, you are saying that we are all the same, but Jesus is not the same as Paul, neither is Mary the same as Paul. So Paul is also a convict who has received mercy. And is a minister just like you and I. He was fasting and praying in Acts chapter 13. And he went around preaching and all that. And he had a revelation just like Rejoiner, Keretagin, and some of other pastors have had revelations. Now, and God has used it as a foundational thing. Why? Well, that's it. So when he called and said, I'm going to show what things you must happen. Now, I'm a... God is going to reveal to you what things you must suffer for him until you suffer those things. In fact, it's kind like of the call is related to the things you must suffer. In fact, you are actually called to suffer. So when you never enter into it, you have never really started the ministry. So your ministry starts when you enter the suffering for which Christ has called you to. May you find it. May you not run away from it, but may you run to it. And until you run to it, brother, Susie, uh, until you run to it, you never have the ministry, the things you are called to suffer for the Lord. 
Gilbert, are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Now, many of us here, we are restarting, we are starting some churches, isn't it? Which are the new churches we are starting? Raise your hand if you are Dallas, Miami, um, Cleveland, um, Atlanta, um, Ohio, Columbus, uh, North Carolina, and Columbus, Montreal, uh, Orlando, and so on. All these churches and these things that we are doing, people are running. You see, you are running towards suffering. You get it? You are running towards, you are running towards loneliness. You get it? You are running towards looking funny again. When you somehow advance from that point to a point, you are running towards whatever it is. It, it's an opportunity. That's why I was saying, who is ready to go? Who would like to go? It's an opportunity. And you are running to embrace something. You know that God is giving you an opportunity to be involved with. And you must embrace it. And you must go for it. And God will show you the things that you are supposed to suffer for. Now those of us who are in churches already, leading churches, pastoring churches, shepherds of churches, God wants to give you, everybody who is a pastor must have at least 100 people in your church. Otherwise, not a church. Tell yourself. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? Tell yourself that. And for you together, you must run to it. And to run to it, to embrace it, I'm telling you, you're going to have to go through certain things. Certain times of prayer, certain times of seeking God, certain times of seeking something higher, putting God first, putting God on his throne alone, without any dollars around him. Lord, I worship you and dollars, I thank you for being there. Lord, I worship you and dollars, I'm glad I'm glad you're around. Lord, I worship you and I also thank the dollar. For, for the presence that is here. Lord, I worship you. I worship you for 60% and 40% is the dollar. Lord, I thank you. Please. Huh. I will show him. Louisa, stand up. How many things Louisa has suffered for medicine? to be possible in her life. She, and is still suffering. And is going to suffer. To be able to be here as a doctor. She, she's flown to you, isn't it? Have you flown with me to South America before? No. But you have flown to places. Or oh, you don't fly there when you are going to. Yes. Flying. Traveling. Cooling. Wetting. For medicine. I want to tell you something. If it has cost you something to have a mansion and a house without foundation, something that has no foundation, something without foundation means that in a certain shake it will go. And you know that it is very goable. It's going to cost you something for you to become and to do what you must become. I will show Larry, stand up. Larry, I'll show you what things you must suffer for my sake. Yeah. That's what God is telling all of us here. I'll show you. I will show you. I will show you. I will show you what things you must suffer. And some of you, until 
a certain level of suffering. You see, sometimes the suffering alone breaks you down to become humble enough to be used by God. Some of us, our pride is kicked. It's kicked. <laughs> it, it takes some real, some way, long time for us to become usable. For God to use you to preach to a hundred people every Sunday. Hundred people. I mean, I mean, hundred visible people. Something has to break in us all. You see, and God, unlike me, see, with me you can tell me, oh, this is why I'm doing this. But God, you can't say anything. God is watching you when you are batting. <laughs> Amen. God is watching you when you are batting. What are you going to tell him about your heart? He said, Test my heart. And look, try my thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me. Is it God you are going to tell him that this is what you, you are aiming for when really that is not what you are aiming for? No, not with God. Maybe with somebody else. Somebody like me. I will show you what things you must suffer for my, for my, for my name. Could you listen? I will show you, God is saying to you, I will show you what things you must suffer. No, I'm, I'm telling you something. The apparent comfort that it seems we are having, do you understand, should in no way deceive you into thinking that you are exempted. One of the things I've come to see is that uh, no matter who you are, you are not exempted from some of the things that are there. You can't escape. Like accusations, I mean, no matter how perfect you are, I've seen the most perfect person being criticized. I used to think people would criticize me for this and for that, but they would not criticize me for certain things. And I was surprised when I was added to it. I was really genuinely surprised. And the Lord said, who do you think you are? And it's a big star. You think you are better than this and better than that and better than that? You are not. If it costs a certain price, or anointing is going to cost a certain price unless you don't want to pay. Brother Lindsay, I'm saying just standing in New York, there's a price and there's a suffering that you must go through. And until you embrace it and you pick it and you hold it, even as a lay pastor who is working and going to achieve whatever, there's something. You see, and that's what I want you to see that that's where you are. You see, there's no real need for us to move anywhere to barefoot. It's not the movement that is going to make you barefoot. It's not you moving away from Silver Springs that's going to make you have a big church. There is something you must even go through where you are. You don't necessarily need to go, but sometimes it helps. When you move, you sort of move a bit faster. Sometimes. Nanaya and Rosemary, stand up. You're traveling to America. You are seeing certain vibrations. God has put you inside a shaker, shaking you, which you'll never see in Ghana. You'll never see at certain places. Oh yeah, I'll show you what you must suffer. Suffer for my name's sake. Amen. And I'm telling you, with the honor of man, you'll never embrace it. Some of us, it is in prayer. It is in, in, it is in, in God becoming number one. I don't know how to explain it. There is something that happens. You die. 
within, you know, I've been praying myself, Lord, I want my church to grow. I want my church to grow. And I get to a point where it's only God who can make the church grow. And I seek him. You know, I seek him. But we must seek God. You know, I want to tell you, you say you are a pastor, you call yourself pastor like Elijah. If I be a man of God, let fire come down. If I am a man of God. And I want to say, if you are a pastor in this church, may the spirit of gratism and magicism be carried away from us in the name of Jesus. When we say a church, let it be a church. Can I have an amen from somebody? I said, when we say a church, let it be a church and not a spell. Yeah. Not stand what you must suffer for Christ and for his work. Amen. What you must suffer. Have you suffered anything for Christ? You know, when I look at Louisa right here, I can use Louisa because she's my friend. Too. When I see Louisa right here, when I think of her suffering in life, I think that she suffered for medicine, but not for Christ. That's what I think. Kojo, what do you think? She's just looking at her at a glance. But her sufferings are, are being for medicine. And not for Christ. I mean, she suffered for Christ, but when you just, in a glance, Louisa and her problems, <laughs> and her suffering. What do you think? Huh? Barbara, how many agree with me? Raise up your hand. Uh, only one person is raising your hand. Two, three. No, it doesn't mean that you are not the same. I'm just asking about her. I can ask about you. So what do you think? Anybody with me? Raise your hand. One, two. Pastor Joe, you think so? When you see her, isn't it? Are you signaling to them not to? Yes? Larry, what do you think? Larry, come. When I look at Pastor Larry and I think of Pastor Larry's suffering, huh? isn't it? Although you are a pastor, you get it. Your suffering, uh, to me, when I just look at you, is for your career. You get it? When you finish school, <laughs> you are happy. <laughs> when you finish school, you get it? I remember he went to London to work, he went to job there, he was working and he bought a, uh, an Audi or something. Is there an Audi you bought? <laughs> he bought an Audi, he came around. His journey, like when Paul said, in Jennings often. <laughs> the things that when Paul writes the things he suffered. Shipwreck for this, this for that, this for that. The journey, the the suffering, the 
things he's gone through are, are not for hmm? yeah are not for what do you call it but are for his career secular career and for earning of money money car you know the series when i started money car house visa green card wife marriage isn't it larry then after that he came to he's in ghana written so many uh, what you call it to become a canadian whatever then uh, all this is part of them he's been able to go and he's there working 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 there drawing doing isn't it struggling then after some time he has started to change his career and then move into another what are you what are you now programmer analyst programmer analyst he has moved from architecture he's established architect in ghana established architect in toronto canada now he has moved from that to programmer analyst then he went to school isn't it Yes. Going to school in, in what you call it, going there, working at the, on the side, yes. doing drawings in the night, isn't it? That's true. Yeah, for people and sending them programs, collecting the money, isn't it? Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, these are his suffering. He has really been through as you see him standing here. What have you what have you survived? What have you been through for my career and for my personal achievement and to get money, house, car, green card, visa, marriage, husband, children. So I'm telling you something real. What have you been through for what? Been through for yourself, for your life. For your personal enhancement, that is what you have suffered for, not for Christ. No wonder your ministry is a midget of a ministry. Because if you talk about suffering, things that you... I'm telling you, Kodolisi, let me tell you, you know, I was telling Pastor Gore, when we were listening, I was watching the news, they said that American government, they are sending emails to Iraqi soldiers, all soldiers that they should, they shouldn't support Saddam. And they are telling them to resign and to just uh, cool off. They shouldn't fight. And I was thinking that, who, who thought of such a thing? And I told him, I see every professional, if you think about it seriously and you start working, you develop so many things. You see, and for most of us, the ministry is a very undeveloped and untapped and undeveloped area. You get it? That's why so many aspects are undeveloped in our lives as far as ministry is concerned. You get it? Because our minds are not there and our hearts are not there. But there are people who are paid thousands of dollars to fight wars and to win, to fight psychological warfare, uh, uh, intelligence warfare, this warfare. They have a Boeing 707 flying over Iraq 12 hours a day or 24 hours a day, listening to telephone calls. Boeing 707 that they converted. And it flies up and down listening to their phone calls. <laughs> you think about it. And they have people inside, spies, they pay their money, they have sort of send emails, dropping leaflets, don't fight, don't fight, give up to psychologically fight and win. This is war. Think about the thing. And I'm saying that, because you say your ministry is undeveloped. How many people are in your church now? 
Between Christians, how many people came on Sunday? Forty something people. Yeah. It is undeveloped. Don't, 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 don't. You see, when you compare yourself with somebody who has five and six, you say, oh, the mega church. Don't compare yourself with that. <laughs> compare yourself with Christ and the standards that He's giving you and what is in the Bible. And then you will find yourself walking on the right road. Don't compare yourself. You, you, you see, when you go to the wrong secondary school and they are bringing the result, you get it. You, you may be a star because you, you've got, maybe in our day when we used to do O level, aggregate, aggregate what? 20, 20, <laughs> aggregate 26 or whatever. Grade 2, strong grade 2. But in my school, I had seven ones. I was not the first. I was not the first in my school. I had seven ones. I was not the first. There were one person had nine ones, two of us had seven ones, and then four people had six ones in my year before we started coming to aggregate. I mean, seven, eight, nine, and others. I was not the first in my school. And so, in your school, you are getting 16, and it's like you are very happy. It's because you have compared yourself with a very wrong person. <laughs> You compare yourself with somebody who has got five people in his church. And so when you have 47 people, it's like, I mean, well, relative to whatever it is, this is a, it's a crusade. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's a mass, mass evangelism crusade. Look at Larry. Look at the things he suffered. And, and I'm sure that that's affected your marriage. I, I, you don't have to I, I say anything in front of them, but they take it from me. Come, come this way. Are you afraid of the pulpit? You know? It, 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 it would have affected his marriage. It would have affected. Some of us have paid prices in our marriage, our finances, our personal life, our health. What things you have suffered for your personal career? You have suffered, not for Christ. Don't deceive yourself. And I'm telling you that eh, if you think that you have to suffer for your career to be achieved, let me inform you that eh, you will have to suffer many things for, your, for, for Christ Jesus and for the ministry that he has called you to ever come to pass. If you don't know, I'm telling you today. Maybe you didn't know, but I'm informing you today. And I'm telling you that the day your mind comes to God and the day your mind comes to his ministry, you will suddenly begin to discover the things you have you're supposed to find yourself into to suffer for him and for his work to go on. Journeys, travels, trips, payment for school fees, for certificates, for exams. And when it comes to Bible school and our small exams, you see that, you know, one time Pastor Eddie came here and he came on going around the churches trying to meet with. Uh, people to do other exams where he can't even get the pastors to come. Yeah. So you wonder, oh, there are very few people in our churches. And, and like somebody said, it's like we are just having immigrants. You know, and, and because I believe that at a point, if we also follow at a point, God will send people of other nations. But our churches have sometimes become, what do you call it? Uh, uh, loneliness, anti-loneliness society of Ghana. Yeah. Any lonely Ghanaians you can find 
come together. Anti-loneliness Society of Ghana, ASG. Mercy Lord. Yeah. Friends. Friends, all friends from all schools. Beyond them, all friends are from, from, from all schools and from a couple of people. There's nothing more than that. God is saying, please, please, the honor of man will, will let you sacrifice your life and so much for your personal life, but not for him. And today, be it known unto you, even if you don't know, I am informing you that there are sufferings for Christ Jesus as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wild, wild, wild. Even as you're in your lay, whatever, your lay, what not, there are sufferings for Christ. Start, oh, start. Because you don't know how long you'll be standing around here. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. On, on the 31st of December, I went to play golf. Sit down. Oh, you, you can also do thank you. Nobody knows. On the 31st of December, I went to play golf. My caddy is one of our church members. It's called David. And when I came, we played. And uh, when he was in church 31st December, and when and now after that I went to Takradi. I was in Takradi when I called now somebody spoke to my wife. I said, ah, ah, something else. I said, what is it? Your caddy is dead. Said, what? My caddy is what? Mm-hmm. That David is dead. I said, What do you mean by David is dead? He was wiping this Anumle village in Ghana behind the what do you call it? Atimota. You know, he had washed his clothes and he had become very serious in church. He was telling our pastor, Mrs. Fletcher, look, from this year he's going to be very, he's really decided to be very serious. He's no more going to carry on Sundays. He's now going to do this, this and that. And he was even discussing with another church member, Henry, because we have a church right in the village there. You know, how they are going to really do their best. And they are going to win the people. And they are not afraid of the juju and the wicked things that are in the village. They are really afraid of that in that village. He was wiping the clothes lines. He had, uh, this is coming to put, so he had washed his things. Not knowing that the wire that he was holding, uh, the wire that he was holding was a live electric wire with his wet this thing, and he just put his hand on it, and that was it. Pow! He was dead. I learned something from that thing. You know, years ago, I had a friend called Becky. She told me somebody, one of her dear friends died, and she said to me that she never knew. When the guy was in, she was just said, Papa, I see you at the rapture. You know, he said that that thing, she realized that, you know, when you say bye to somebody, it could be the last time. And I realized that when you say bye-bye to somebody and say bye-bye well, because you may not see the person again. Oh, yeah. Say bye-bye well, because you may not see. As we live around here, as though we shall live forever, there's a question in Zachariah chapter 1, where are your fathers and where are the prophets? Do they live forever? No. None of us is here forever. And nobody knows how long. How long? How long? So as we carry on in our lives, it's forever. It's not forever. It's not forever. It's not forever. I said it's not forever. There's a girl, she died in America some few weeks ago. And, and on her funeral, the, 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 what do you call it? They, they showed a photograph of her one hour before she died. They put it in the program. 
this is a younger, 30 something years old, Christian, whatever. And here she was, here she was I, forgot, I forgot what her name was. And she was in church, normal church, going to church. And she was just there with her mother and with her child. And she was sitting in the car. She just put her head back like that and she was dead. I tell you, a normal, I think 32 years old. Huh? In a flash, you know, and they showed her the picture in church. One hour before she died, taking pictures. Brother, you know not the hour, you know not the day. If there's anything you have to do, start. I don't know even if you, you, you should have started earlier, but if you haven't started, hear and hear well. You've had enough camps of things that you decided to do that you don't do. We've had enough of that. This is not another teaching to be added to your long list. This is diagnosis and treatment on the spot and decision taking. Correction of road and shifting to the new road that you are supposed to be on. Yeah. That's why I told Pastor Joe, I don't want a lot of people to come to the camp. Just the people who are serious in America. Come. I want to talk with you. Because if you come, as I, I can't talk with you at a certain level. I need you to be, I need serious people. You are here, I believe that you are serious. America's salvation, you must act and live as though it depends on you. You can't act and live as though it depends on a lot of us. You must act and live as though it depends on you. It's time for you to rise up and get onto the road which makes you suffer for Jesus Christ of Nazareth who died for you. Look at your life carefully and see the things you are going through and have been through. For what? For what? For marriage. To get a husband. Some of you have slept with different people to gain a husband. You've taken off your clothes several times in order to acquire somebody. You've gone through so many things to have a child. You've gone through so many things to have a, a husband, to have a man, to, have, to be in America. Some of us have slept with people to be here. And for Christ, there is little to say of what you have done and suffered for Christ. Even offering or tithe, you can't give. You see, there's a lot of explanation for what we have. There's a lot of explanation for what we have and what we don't have in the Lord and the ministry. I've not come to tell you anything. I've not come to tell you a new teaching. I've come to ask you to please turn around and please see the truth. And please make the switch. If you can't see any sufferings that are coming to your life for Christ's sake, then you are probably on the wrong road. Now oh, and I, I think so. You will say amen again. Amen. Or you are annoyed with me now. I will show him what things you must suffer. For, for what reason? For whose sake? For my name's sake. I've been called a thief, not for my own sake, for his sake. I've been called everything, every accusation that you can, for his sake. I've been mocked, I've been laughed at for his sake. I've been discussed, I've been analyzed for his sake. I've traveled for his sake. When I was about to go on this journey, I was telling people in my office, I said, this journey, if it wasn't for Christ, I would never go. Me, I could go and sit on an aeroplane. I don't know where I'm going. Sao Paulo, Asuncion, Incarnation. I don't look. Do you think I feel like going? I don't feel like going. I have my wife. I have my children. 
I have my life, I have my stable family, I don't need anything, I don't need anybody. It's even, it's even scary when you think of it, it's scary. To go here, to go here, to go here. It took me, when I left Ghana on Sunday, I arrived in Incarnation on Wednesday. Yeah? I arrived in Incarnation on Wednesday dawn. According to I have two times on my watch. Ghana time. When I left Ghana time Sunday, I arrived on Wednesday morning. No bed. And when I arrived there, straight to preaching. You also get tired, but for a different reason. Careful. I said, you also get tired, but for a different reason. But in the coming months, you will get tired like I get tired, but for a different reason. Yeah, you will really get tired, but for a different reason. You will get tired not to show anybody, to be marked by anybody, or to send a report. That is why we even have to introduce us in where you write, how many people came and what you preach and all that. It's because of the honor of man. That we, we are so conscious of what, uh, if people are not there, we will not do the right thing. That's why somebody has to look at what you are doing. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Louisa, the journey is made. And, and that's why I look at some of you and say, when it's time to come for homecoming, you can't come. Iron sharpness iron, you can't come. Nothing you can come. You can go for anything, but you can't come for homecoming. You can travel for every reason, but you can't travel because of the God. Or even for the church's sake, or for something, for the work of God, or for the church, or related to your spiritual development. You can pay money for everything, but that you cannot pay money for. Look at it carefully. Look at it. That's why I don't take life so that I can't come for the camp, or, I, or I'll come on the last day, or I can't come for this. And, I mean, those things, it don't impress me. Because you don't do that for your own work. And you pay the price. You pay high prices. That's why we are doing exams. You can't pay. You can't come. You can't do it. It's not that you can't do it. You don't have the time. But you don't have the time for that. Because it is very low down on your scale of priorities and of things that are important. Tell me online again. Please stand up and say that what I'm saying is not true. What I'm saying is the reality. Oh yeah. That's why I look at all these things and I say, in my heart, the people are after something else. Just as you came to stand here on the first day and say, the people are interested in this. They are not, they are looking for that. They are this and that. As I've been preaching, you've been seeing yourself inside the thing direct. It's wonderful that you started by pointing fingers at somebody. All of you never knew. It was when I brought Larry up here that you began to see that People have been suffering for other things. And there's not even a drop of suffering for Christ. Or oh, you haven't seen it today? Clearly. We've been suffering oh, for something else. 22 years. Look at Francis. 22 years old. I'm not talking about schooling. He's been to school. Normal school. I'm talking about university education. 22 years of university education. <laughs> oh, am I, oh, am I, am I saying the right thing? 22 years of university education. Wow. Wow. And if I was to call Francis and discuss with him about him becoming a missionary for five years or for a year, or to come to Ghana for a week 
And maybe if you come to Ghana for a week, you have to go here for one day, here for one day. I'll come in the evening for some. You see that when they come to Ghana, how they behave. So you are having a program to go somewhere and then come. It is flash through on the way. I think to show somebody, uh, mark me, I came. Hey, Jesus, forgive. Oh, man. <laughs> it's a great thing, though. I watch all these things and I just look. But I just turn my spirit upwards to God and I minister. Because I can also feel it because I'm also ministering, I'm representing, the, I'm speaking on behalf of the Lord. And you can see the attitude of the people. And you can see by just comparing how they behave towards other things. Amen. May, may God help us all. And some of us so that we can pacify God by giving him some offerings. Lord, here's some money. Cool down, Lord. Cool down, Lord. Here's some money. No. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? No, let your mind change, oh. Let your attitude change. And I'm telling you, if it changes, I know it. But even though I'm a fan, you see, I'm your pastor. I'm your pastor. It's the same church, it's one church. And the under shepherd here is Pastor Joel. And he's pastoring you. And he's also the pastor of the, of the next place. You get it? All of it is one line. It's the same church. So brothers and sisters, let's look at it carefully. And let's make a switch and a change. Let's not follow the impressions of men. What things you've been through, Andy? How many years have you been to school for? How many years did it take to become a child accountant? And to get your Canadian citizenship. Hmm? How many years have you been your wife? And three years. Three years. Six years. Powerful. We've been through. You know. Let's stand to our feet for a moment. Hallelujah. We'll take a break for five minutes and then we'll come back. Are you understanding what we are talking about? I will show him what? And, and you would have thought that it was a special thing for some special person. But you realize that even in your ordinary life, what things you must suffer to accomplish anything are so many. And when you think of the fact that, so the, so the fact that there is no suffering is an indication that there is no pressing 
in an upward or onward or forward direction as far as the ministry is concerned. There's no forward press pressure. But because there's forward pressure for your career, for this, for that, for that, there is suffering. Because as soon as you start to press forward in that direction, sufferings begin to come up. So the absence of the suffering is an indication of a lack of your personal pushing forward for the achievement or accomplishment of those things spiritually. Yeah. That, that, is, that is the reason why there's no suffering. Because there's no forward pressure. Are, are, you, are, you, are you understanding what I'm talking about? Yeah. And who would have thought that Kojolisi is not pressing forward? Because he's preaching nicely. He's doing well. You get what I'm saying? Or Rachel. Who would have thought that Rachel is not pressing forward? What else would you want from a, a, a doctor and a mother? You understand? And a father. What else would you want? You get it? But if you look carefully at your life, that's what I'm saying, that God is at this camp trying to show us things as they are, which is quite different from how we've been thinking. Well, we've been thinking that we are good. We are not bad. After when you compare with that church, Nazarene church, light church, this church, that church, I mean, who is like us? Who goes to work and comes to do all these extra things? Is that not so? Yeah. And when we look at our lives, it's like we are far advanced, even though we have only 12 members. It's not bad. <laughs> you see, but God is showing you that the suffering, and you see, do you know what? God has chosen Lighthouse, I believe, in order to give us a special blessing, a special, and I'm talking about eternally, a special eternal weight of glory. It's a special calling and a special favor. And that is why we are hearing all these things and we are being guided in that direction. And you are blessed to find yourself here. Amen. And it is for something eternal. It's an eternal weight of glory. Because the Bible says that the sufferings of this present time cannot be compared with the eternal weight of glory that we are to experience. Wow. Look at it in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Are you there? For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you there? Yes, yes. Amen. God is working out an eternal weight of glory. Why we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, and the things which are not seen are eternal. Verse 10 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that which he has done, whether it be good or bad. Verse 11. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but are made manifest unto God. And I trust also are made manifest in your conscience. Amen. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, are you listening to me? God is telling us very clearly, amen, that the sufferings that we are called to uh, to bring for us a, you mean a crown with diamonds, gold 
something of real value is waiting for you in heaven. God is waiting for you to apprehend that for which you were apprehended. One of the last sermons of the founder of the Church of Pentecost, he preached in, in, in the University of Ghana as an old man who had retired from the ministry. And he preached, and this was, this was it. He said, I, I, I press to the mark that I may apprehend that for which I was apprehended. Yeah. I'm pressing. There's no pressure from your end. The pressure is in another direction. And God is saying, turn the pressure off there and turn the pressure into this direction. That you may apprehend. Mina, I see a golden, beautiful, uh, what do you call it? Beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. It's real. It is something of value. Golden. Glittering. Glistening. Waiting. One day, that will be what matters. And that you may lay hold on that. Amen. That you may lay hold on it. Bless you. That you may lay hold on what has been prepared for you. They that seek these things and speak in this way so clearly that they are looking for something eternal. I was with some Christians by an ocean, but it was like a lake, like a little harbor. And there were yachts, big yachts belonging to millionaires. And we were walking. Suddenly I could feel within the Christians the longing and desire for the earthly things, these yachts. You know what a yacht is? And these boats. So I said something. I said, my life is hid with Christ in God. And I told them, my yacht is in heaven. Then, then another said nothing. Then another one said, oh, I have, I'll have mine here. Lord, whatever is in whatever, I'll take mine right here. I'll take mine right here. Yeah. And I thought to myself, wow, this is the state of the church. Let me have it here, Lord. It's quite different from how Paul was thinking. Hmm? Look at Colossians chapter 3. One of my favorite passages of scripture. Colossians chapter 3 from verse 1. I love it. It says, if ye then be risen with Christ. I think this is one of the most profound scriptures that you must keep as a special treasure. It says, if you be then risen with Christ. Seek those things which are above. I'm talking about the pressure you are exerting. Pressure brings suffering because people react to the pressure. You see, when I was trying to build a church in Kolegono, 
he was putting pressure on the spaces in Kolegono. He was putting pressure on the car parks and on the spaces and on the people and on the demons. And so they began to react and respond. And that's why I came under the kind of fire. That is why a time came when eight cars had to escort me to my house in a convoy. Eight cars. You see, that in the middle of the night, eight cars are going. And I'm in one of the cars. What am I? Just a simple pastor. And what are, what are these new things that have come? A time came where policemen with guns had to escort me. A time came when I turn around and I see a man with a gun behind, sitting behind me. In my church. Behind my church. That is why now we don't allow anybody to sit there. Time when somebody comes to attack me right in my chest. Like that. I've been there. I've been there. That's wonderful. And it's because there's pressure. Forward pressure. Forward pressure in that direction. And it generates responses and reactions and hatred. Second Corinthians 3 tells us, Yea, they all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You shall experience persecutions and suffering because you are pressurizing your, you are putting a forward pressure to live godly and to move in a godly way. You will. It's the sign. The devil does not attack dead, dead firewood. He attacks living things. If ye then be risen with Christ, Seek those things which are above. And here we are seeking those things which are below. Mercy, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. Seeking the things below has been called, Satan has called it providing for your family. Is the name, if you ask your goal, you see the, 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 the big banner on the distance. You see when the lights come and when the ice, ice and snow are left, you see the sign is come, providing for your family avenue and you'll be going. Driving, providing for your family avenue, and you'll be moving. And they said, Oh, carry on food. This is one of the good roads. It is actually seeking those things which are below. Selfishness and covetousness has come upon us, and it has been pro- it has been relabeled. Providing for your family, caring for your family. If you don't care for your own, you are worse than an infidel. That's the scripture. And the description is also quoted below. Full speed. Increase your speed to 70 or 80. And we are moving. Mercy, Lord. Forgive and atone. And have mercy, Jesus. So these days, when I see the word of God, I don't know what I've been preaching about. I don't know what we've been preaching. These are things I'm reading scriptures to. I'm not giving you theories. If you are risen with Christ, seek those things which are about. And yet our seeking, our pressure... I press toward the mark. It's not I press toward any mark. I press toward the house. I press toward the visa. I press toward the green card. I press toward money. I press toward a better job. I press toward more degrees. Like Francis, 22 years of pressing. In journeys often. In trials. In difficulties. In nights. In days. In hunger. In tests. In, in beatings, in suffering, family problems, in crisis, in financial difficulty. For the things that are laid out below, our zeal and our strength, we come forth like a man with an erection who is ready to go and have sex. Our selves have come out. <laughs> oh, mercy, Lord. Oh, God. 
<laughs> As we see the things that are below, <laughs> we, are, we are so excited and enchanted and, and, and invigorated. <laughs> You don't enjoy what I'm talking about eh? <laughs> When we see the thing, we are like animals. When we see the silver and the gold and the things around us, we are so impressed and enchanted and charmed. And we go ourselves come out. Our mouths are watering for things on this earth. <laughs> And Paul said, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are about. When you talk about the crown, if you look at it, what is the crown? <laughs> you are behaving like a eunuch. A eunuch who is seeing a woman and has no desire. You cannot even touch. You are batting the queen and you have no feelings. We are spiritual, eternal, eternity-minded eunuchs. As far as eternity is concerned, We have been castrated. We have been castrated of our eternal values. Eternal values have been surgically excised, surgically removed, and have been replaced with earthly testicles that give us energy for earth. Appreciate what I'm talking about. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like the eunuchs, the captives that were taken, you have been captured by Satan and your eternal value system has been removed by the devil so that you have no interest in what you should have an interest in normally. And where your, your, your desire and, 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 and the interest should be stirred up, it's gone. Because Satan has removed it. And, we are, and our eyes are fixed on this earth and on things that our little communities define for us. And then we are going seeking, pressing, pressurizing, creating problems in our lives. Doing all sorts of maneuvers and all sorts of things. One sister always comes to my mind. Sleeping with so many, just to be able to live in, in, in Europe. You see them. I was in our church, one of our churches, and these ladies were singing. And the pastor was telling me, this one was a prostitute. She has been able to pay her money. This one was a prostitute. They cut their pubic hair. They mix it with a potion. They do various things. They sign contract for $50,000. 
you come there and you work and you pay fifty thousand dollars. When you sleep with one person, it's ten dollars, ten euro. When you sleep with another person, it's fifteen euro. If you want another style, it's twenty-five euro, thirty euro. You must value your wife when she does another style. It's more expensive, even in the secular world. <laughs> Are you understanding what I'm talking? And without condom, it's thousand pounds. Yeah, thousand pounds. Without condoms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are getting thousand pounds next, I tell you. <laughs> and what do they go through all this for? To be able to, to be able to come and live in Holland. Oh, I'm telling you, I have them in my church. Young ladies, you see them weeping for the Lord. You see them singing, leading worship. They've paid the price to be there. They when it comes to God. One time, one of, our, one, of the, one of the brothers there in the church, right in that church, the pastor was asking, you know, will you go in so And then one day, nobody was going, nobody was going, go start the church, start, you know. And one day the brother asked, he said, if I go and I start the church at this place you are saying, in this same city, and I'm not able to have my job, will the church give me money to be able to carry on and pay my rent? No, it will not. Uh-huh. That is why I can't go and start any church or do anything. Because if it, it costs me anything, the church will not pay. Yeah. So you realize that as the person was talking and talking and talking, that is what is in their mind. That this thing that you say I should go and do and so on, if it affects my job in any way, will the church pay my rent? No, so I can't go and I won't go. And you should see all of them there. When they tell you their testimonies, this thing that I'm even telling you, the prices of how much it is. There's somebody who was in the church who has been to sleep with prostitutes and have told me the different prices. This is first-hand information. Or second-hand, if you like. We press. We press for the things on earth. We pay the price. We make the most. We do the exams. We take journeys. We suffer. But Paul said, if you are risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sits on the right hand. Verse 2, set your affection. This is one of my childhood verses when I first became saved. This is one of my first set your affection on things about it. Everybody has affections. And affections are controllable. I can decide to set my affection on Andy. I can decide to set my affection on Barbara. I can decide to set my affection on Kodo. It's up to me to decide where I set my affection. You set your affection on things above. Where Christ is. Seated at the right hand. Of God and set your affections on things above and not on things on the earth and here we are exactly the opposite and we are pastors for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God oh no we are not dead we are fully alive Lord and our life is not hid with Christ our life is right here Verse 4 says, And when Christ shall appear, Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall he also appear with him in glory. In other words, I'm holding on with my life. I'm really going to start living when Christ shall appear. Then shall my life also appear with him in glory. But for most of us, it is not like that. We set our heart and our affection on things right here. 
Pastor Joel, do you not see how difficult it is for us to move forward spiritually? How many understand what I'm talking about? We are, we are so wrongly directed. Is it any mystery why we are the way we are and our churches are the way they are? Is it, any, is it, is it mysterious? No. But I believe a difference is coming. I said, I believe a difference is coming. I believe a difference is coming. Set your affection on things above and not on things on this earth. Set your affection. Set your affection. Set it. It's like oven on off. Let me set it for 60 minutes. Let me set it for 30 minutes. Let me set it onto the grill or to the oven or to the broil. Whatever that is, set it there. Where you set is where it stays. It's something you decide. I have decided to set my affection on heaven. I am waiting for heaven. I am fixing my gaze there. I know it's just a matter of time. And I'll be there. And I'm setting everything for there. I'm waiting for there. I'm looking to... I don't care what people think because I've passed out of the honor of man. So I don't need now men's support, which is one of the main guiding things that have guided me and all of us. So since that, I'm free from that. I can more easily set my affection on things about and walk the real road I have to walk on, which I've been afraid to walk on because I've been so much concerned about letting people like me. Do you like me? Do you want me? Am I okay? Do you, what do you think about me? My G10, my G15, my enemy. And sometimes our enemies and others who we don't flow with, who we want to see, want them to see. Look at the car he's driving. Look at this that he has. Look at my this. Look at that. It's a community. Prove to them that I made it. Prove to them that I could make it. Let them see how I was able. Let me tell you, especially if you come from a poor background there, be careful that the poor background does not destroy you. Because sometimes you have something that is in the past, but it is continually guiding you. You know, one time I was talking to a, 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 a sister, you know, her house where she lived in the central region and so on, and she was telling me, she said, you know, I've seen poverty. And I, so I said, look, my friend, you are being misguided by your past background and whatever. You, you don't have to use that to guide you for the rest of your life to set your affection on things on the earth. Oh, I mean, everybody has had some bad experience or one bad experience or not. You can't use one experience of your life to say, look, the way my father treated my mother, I have decided that I'm going to go to my own school and I'm going to make sure that this, I'm going to make sure I'm independent. I don't trust a man. You can't depend on a man for anything, this and that. You know, you are being guided by an evil spirit. What are these thoughts? Just something happened from somewhere and you are just following that thing and that is your line of thinking for the rest of your life. That is wrong. I said, it is wrong. Mercy, Lord. I love it. Look at it again. Let's read it again because it's so nice. You like it. You like such verses. If you be then risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sits at the right hand of God. Verse 2. Set your affection. Set your affection on things above. When I talk about crowns, your mouth should start watering. Your spiritual hormones should start moving. You should start becoming excited and interested. This message continues on the next track. Keep listening.